The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation. Mike Campion here with Callum, one of our amazing pay traffic uh, guy, we had to go all the way to the UK to import this guy. Apparently, there's no smart people in uh, in the US. We, we had to go over the over the pond. So, um, he just got back from Callum. Just got back from the US. We had our event with our next level folks in Orlando. So, Callum got to hang out with the folks live. Uh, that said, today we want to talk about something. I think it's missed a lot in online marketing specifically. So, if we're doing offline marketing and we're paying someone a cold call or doing postcards or any most marketing that's kind of old school, we know, well, we got to send the message to the people that get our message, right? Like, you know, if I'm selling yoga pants and I'm, you know, I'm not my target audience. If I see an ad for yoga pants as a 48 year old dude, not, well, no, no offense if there's fellows out there, that's their, their, their vibe, <laughs> but it's gonna be a hard sale for me. Let's just say I own zero pair of yoga pants that I'm, I'm okay with that position in life. So you can give me the best mark. You, you could have the best yoga pants for the best price with the best message. If it's put in front of me, whatever you spent to get that message in front of me is probably uh probably money you're never going to see again. So let's dive into that Calm. Uh, let, if you don't mind, let's start with kind of the biggest, I like starting with the biggest low hanging fruit of misconceptions, what people were doing wrong. And then we can kind of talk about how to, how to make that better, so to speak. Yeah. So I think you kind of, in your little example, albeit we're not selling yoga pants, you kind of address what I would consider being the main point is a complete kind of, um, like you're not even crossing your mind who your specific audience should be. So like if you take cleaning, for example, whether you're commercial or residential, you're only operating within a certain area. You're not selling something global. It's not a national product. It's within a certain area, right? So we sometimes go, okay, yeah, this location, and then draw a line under it and think that's all we need to do. Like we can target all of the people in that area. but And we straight away move on to what is either the fun bit or the thing, we, the thing that people care more about, which is like, what am I going to say? What am I going to show them? Is it a video? Is it a photo? Those sorts of things. When actually, if you ask yourself some deeper questions about who the audience is, who's the specific person that's feeling the pain which your service solves, um, what do your existing clients or your prospective clients want to have in common, you'll find that within that subsector of you know one state, one county, one city, you're going to find a really small sector of people that is your actual target audience. And those are the people that we want to make sure that we're serving our ads to. So that in kind of like a, to put that in a task format of like, what should we do? What should the thought process be? It should be to take a pen and paper, take your phone, whatever it is, and go, okay, what are the characteristics? What is like an audience persona? What are the characteristics that my target have in common? Who are they? Whether it be facts about them, like their gender, their age, you know, where they live, but also what are like maybe common um, interests that they have or places where they go or things that they do and kind of building up a picture of who is the ideal target. Because if you can build up a picture of what one person is, it's more than likely there might be 500 of that person within the area that you serve. And they're the 500 people you want to go after. You don't want to waste your time accidentally showing your ad to a 20-year-old guy who is not going to buy your product or to a you know 70-year-old woman who's not going to buy your product. You want to work out who it is and then go to the next step of what do I show that person. Beautiful. So I want you guys to be clear. A theme that I hear that Callum just hit on that breaks my heart when it comes to owners of cleaning companies wasting money on advertising, not being able to grow is it's always about them as the owner. So 
they'll say things like, I want to be known in my, in my city. I want to be known and I want to be regional or global or all this sort of stuff, which is great. Like having goals and wanting to expand is fine, but the whole being known is completely an ego thing. No offense, but we clean toilets. Like there is no cleaning company. You know what I'm saying? Who cares if they're not? That's about us and it's an ego thing, which is fine. You can spend a ton of money and be known and be broke. So you just got to be clear on what you want. I think we equivocate being known with big, huge air quotes with being rich and they're not the same. So for example, for me, I'm completely unknown in the universe, you know, except if you own a cleaning company, which is a very, where you want to start a clean, which is a very specific niche. So arguably 99 plus percent of the world has no idea about growing my cleaning company, who I am. And it's just fine because I'm very well known in a very thin slice of people. And that would, that's the afterthought is the being known. The primary goal is to being able to help. So. And that speaks to on that, that, that speaks to like the whole idea of marketing and anything in general. Right. And even more specifically to cleaning, it's like, if you want to just focus on getting X thousand of likes on Facebook or Instagram or something like people can make that happen for you. It's not that difficult. You either have time or money or you're creative and you can do that. But if you gave everyone the choice of, would you rather have 500 clients that pay you every single month, but they're the only 500 people that like your Facebook page, or would you only have a hundred clients, but you have a hundred thousand likes on Facebook, only one of them is ultimately going to build your business, make you money and get you to the destination of where you want to go. So I, I call them vanity metrics, all these kind of things that don't actually equate to any financial gain. And it's just kind of like, oh, it looks pretty or, you know, it feeds your ego kind of thing. And they're the death of you. They just take your money and you don't actually gain anything from it other than a little pat on the back of like, oh, look how many people like my post, you know? So yeah, like by identifying your audience very clearly, you kind of remove all the extra people. If they like the page or they engage with you, cool, it's a bonus, but we don't want to pay those people to do it right. Like they should just be the organic extras. We want to focus all the budget on you know, just taking the right people. Yeah, I would go so far as to say, well, first of all, what Callum said is exactly right. And the frustrating part is I think 90 plus percent, probably 99 plus percent of the audience is nodding their head going, obviously, I want money and profit and impact. I want to grow my business. And that vanity metric of a bunch of likes or followers is just a bonus. So we all nod our head like, obviously, Callum. But then when we look at how you act, completely different. So make sure exactly. that you, yeah. you line up your actions with your your the way you feel. I would also go so far, or the way you, what you really want. I would also go so far to say is if it's like, well, but I, if I you know if I had a million followers, that's not going to hurt. I disagree. I would literally rather the power of this podcast is the specificity. So even if we did have a Facebook page with a million likes, but only a thousand of them were owners of cleaning companies, potential clients, or I could just have a thousand. That was a thousand. You're like, well, I take the million. No, I don't want the others because now it's confusing. There's a bunch of noise and I can't Mm -hmm. get my message out properly. I'm going to get a bunch of feedback from people that aren't my target market and I'm going to be confused. So don't even... I would go so far as to say, it's not even like, all right, got it. Don't chase the big number. If it comes, it's fine. No, no, no. We only want, I want target. You want, if you're going to be effective, targeted, not big. The last thing I want to say on what Calum said so far is if you rewind old guy thing, if you go back and listen to what he said earlier, (laughs) everything was about his client. We go so much about us. We've been in business this long. We're this, we're a better business bureau. We have good reviews. Look at, look at us. What what can we offer you? Why choose us? All these things about us. If you notice, Calum didn't say anything about you and your company, because that is the least interesting subject to anybody. So the theme is make it about them. But if you don't know who them is, we're screwed, right? That's why we do bad messaging. A lot of times we're like, well, I do residential and commercial and moms and this and that. So we don't even, them is just, 
anybody. So we think it's going to help us with our bit marketing. We're like, who's your customer? Everybody's my market, Callum. I could sell to everybody. We think that's good because you're like, oh, I can't exclude a bunch of people, but then you can't catch anybody. If everybody's your market, nobody's your market, right? Who? How can I speak to if I'm like, I coach people on things. What could this podcast be? Things coaching for people about things that they want coaching on. Who that? Who's going to target? Who's going to tune in? Nobody. And when they do, how am I supposed to help them? Like, I don't even know who they are, right? But if it's Grow My yeah. Cleaning Company podcast, who's that about? It's not about me. I don't own cleaning companies, but you and your cleaning company. So it's really important. All of your stuff is about them. You know who them is. If you don't have that, nothing we teach is going to work. If 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 I came to Calum and said, I've got a million dollars to build my cleaning company, but I don't know who my client is and I only want to talk about me or I don't want to talk about them. Calum might take my million bucks, but he, he can't get me any clients. Or if he does, it's going to be in spite of the marketing, not because of thoughts. Yeah, 100%. I think as you progress, and I don't want to get too technical about it, but as you progress into the actual doing stage of like creating your marketing materials, trying to appear in paid searches, running your sort of like digital ads, you realize that the, the, you, you're going to pay regardless. The more you, you target, the more money you save is the short, is the short of it. You know, if, if something's going to be shown to 100 people, in an ideal world, you have 100 people that will click through and go, hey, that speaks exactly to me. The reality of the world is that's not what happens. But even if we can get, say, 10 of those people and we're working at 10% of people clicking through, you know, that's so scalable. And then if you have a really good value proposition, all the other things on the back end, that's how you can build a business. The more that percentage shrinks, don't see it as like, oh, it's okay because it's still the same amount of people. Yeah, but you're paying for all the other people to see your ads. And when you're trying to scale a business and you start off by only spending $200 a month and, you know, hoping that as you sign new clients, it goes up to three, four, five thousand, whatever it's going to be, you can't really afford or you don't really want to end up wasting 50% of that budget targeting the wrong people with your ads. So from a point of view of getting across one clear and concise message, really, it should be quite easy to identify your target because there's only you only should really provide a solution for one set of people, or at least your solution is going to serve one set of people far greater than anybody else. So like you said, yeah, of course, we can clean anybody's home, right? But some people need their home cleaning more because of certain restraints, such as time or they have kids or whatever their, whatever their specific circumstances is. They need our service more than other people. So they're the people that we should go after and put our advertising dollars towards trying to get those people to click through and hear our message. If we put out the same message to all of these people, people are going to see it. It's not going to resonate with them and they're going to click away. And actually that's then going to have a negative performance on how we can reach our ideal targets because all of these algorithms that we're relying on are going to go, yeah, nobody clicks on that. That's low quality or that's no use to our users or they don't find this useful. Yeah, we're not going to push you as far or we're not going to show you to these people. So sometimes it might seem like, okay, if my pool of people is a million people to target, that's great because surely I can find some customers within that when actually you're better to narrow it, narrow it, narrow it as far as possible and just go after your kind of minimal viable audience, I would call it, your kind of the smallest steps possible. And yeah, okay, if you realize actually that was a bit too restricted, then you can make it a bit broader. It's so much easier to go wide, right? Rather than to narrow it down to the people that actually need you. So yeah, identifying your target is like super crucial before you can do any of the other technical aspects and decide how you're going to target the people and things like that. So from like a business point of view where like how you would coach people, Mike, I'm from a pure advertising of how can I just get someone to click on your ad view that I would see it. The targeting is probably equally important on both sides. Couldn't agree more. Um, and I'm going to hit the, just one more time on the the vanity thing, because I, I did that for a decade more, probably closer to two decades in one. 
Uh, and I don't want you guys to waste the same time and money and frustration because you what happens is you put money into advertising it quote unquote doesn't work and then you don't put any more money into advertising fine, but then you can't grow or you're really frustrated growing because the only way you know how to grow is repeat referrals, repeat referrals or shoe leather, right? I get out there and go to the networking events and all that's fine, but it's not scalable, right? What if you don't want to do a networking event tonight? What if all of your people have already referred everyone they know? Like those are great ways to go, but that's the killer. So we think the killers, I gave a thousand bucks to Facebook and I didn't get anything. Okay. That ain't great, but I gave up on marketing or scalable marketing and now I can't grow my business. That could cost you millions of dollars, not just a thousand bucks. So what that looks like, guys, another way of looking at the vanity metric, which I don't want you to do is if I pick like, what's the most prestigious place you could have your business, right? I'd say, I don't know about, well, you tell me in the UK, in the United States, I think a Super Bowl ad, you know, it's been like, oh my gosh, 30 seconds is $5 million, right? Like just globally, if like one thing I could put my, you know, my, what would be the one thing? And I would say globally be Super Bowl ad, fair? Yeah, yeah, we have the same principle, yeah, with sporting events, like live music shows, stuff like that, exactly. Yeah, so that would be a huge, say someone gave you for free, for your little cleaning company, a vanity, you're on the Super Bowl. To say I was on the Super Bowl would be huge. Or even like, you know, back when Oprah Winfrey was on, like, oh my gosh, I was on Oprah Winfrey. I got, you know, I just built my whole business. So we we kind of think, well, Pepsi's a big company. They're they're on the Super Bowl. They, they were, you know, Bud Light or whatever. They're on Super Bowl ads. And then we do the same with Oprah. They're they're big. You got to understand they have a mass audience, right? So yes, for Coca-Cola, if they do a or beer or pizza or whatever's going on in the Super Bowl, yeah, the, 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 the large percentage of the people watching that, watching a football game are going to be interested in beer. Like, of course, right? So we do those vanity metrics like billboards. Like I want to, if I could have a TV, not, I mean, the smaller version of Super Bowl would be a TV ad or a radio ad or a bill. And I, I think those are kind of getting to be old school, but we still think they have, you know, legacy media. If I could be on Fox media or CNN or whatever, but they're not targeted. Right. So what happens is you feel great. Look at me. I was on whatever the Super Bowl, Oprah, TV, radio, look at there's my billboard. And we do stuff that makes us feel great, but we'll just use the billboard. Cause that's a little more something someone could actually do here. Um, okay, what percentage of the people driving down that billboard are actually people that are going to buy your thing? Like if you're commercial, virtually none. If you're residential, more than that, but why not just have an ad that goes directly to them or a piece of mail that goes into their home? Like the targeting is such a big deal. So just get off of the, I just want you guys to get all the ideas. New version is more followers, more subscribers, more, more likes. Old version is some sort of, you know, legacy media, look how important I am. And again, if the goal is for your family, look at me, that's my billboard. Or, you know, the old thing with realtors is their face on a bus mm -hmm. bench or something. Like if your goal is to, or I got pens with my web, you know, my, my business on it. Those are all great to make you feel good. But if you want to make money, you've got to make sure the right people are seeing that ad. So if it's a pen with your logo on it and that's in the hands of the wrong person, you wasted whatever the pen costs. But if you get the right person yeah. and that wasn't available, right? Just 20 years ago, it was Super Bowls and radio and whatever. And a lot of times people still act that way, but we have Facebook where you can say, no, only the zip code, only females, only females over 30 years old, only females over 30 years old that have this kind of a credit score, this kind of income and have an American Express card. Like you can really and, and, grind and down. I think that, yeah. And, and that's super important. I think it's not to get the message clear. It's not that these types of physical or like older advertising types are bad. It's that if you have a limited budget, what is your order of priorities, right? So the example you gave of like being able to narrow that audience of lady in her thirties has X, Y, and Z hangs out here, does this on the weekend, whatever it may be. 
there could be a physical location where this ideal target goes and 500 people like her go every day. So putting something in there, great. Like I'm not saying everything has to be digital and it has to be Facebook, Google. Like if there's some sort of poster where you can kind of track it. I know one of one of your clients has a really cool poster that has a QR code that has the best of both worlds where she has a poster up, but doesn't have a phone number. The only way to get in touch is to scan the QR code, which then puts them straight back into a marketing funnel. And you can see which QR code they came from because they're all different. So you could actually see oh, the poster I have in this coffee shop is, you know, tracking this many people and it's that, that kind of thing. But I think what's just as important as targeting who are the right people, another way to think about it is writing down and thinking about who are the wrong people. So you, that you can get really specific of the service you offer. Some people will be looking for a very similar service, but it's different enough that you don't offer it. So for example, maybe you don't clean apartments. People are going to be searching for or looking for an apartment clean or move in, move out or rentals or whatever it may be. So it's, very similar in terms of the of all the things that are offered in the world it's quite similar to your service but in terms of exactly what you offer and what you're willing to do and how you want to scale by offering one specific service it falls out of your remit so in technical terms we call that a negative keyword and that is essentially what are the search terms that are not like are not relevant and you don't want to show up next to those people so for example, in the Super Bowl ad you gave, how great would it be? Okay, yeah, I can run the Super Bowl ad, but it's only going to be shown to, you know, these people I want it to be. Like, that's not a reality. However, on Facebook, on Google, it is. We can say, okay, if anyone searches for this, I do want to be shown. If they search for this, which is kind of similar, it says the word cleaning, but it's a different type of cleaning. It's carpets, and I don't do carpets. I don't want to be shown. And we have the ability to be able to do that, which is really powerful because then we don't waste a dollar showing the person that wants carpet cleaning the fact that we clean their whole house. You know, we can just say, cool, you search for carpets over there. Someone else will spend their money advertising for you. And we just narrow down on someone that might end up paying us because we offer their service. So yeah, I think it's, you can definitely have a hybrid of the physical and the digital, but you have to kind of set an order of priorities of, okay, cool, this month I can afford $300 in advertising. What's most likely to get me the best return on investment? Let me go for that first before I decide, oh, if I can spend $100 on getting the pens because that'll be cool. I've got the pens. You know, you've got to think a bit more strategically about it. Yeah. So I, I think what I'm hearing you say, Callum, is it's not about the media. Cause again, we get into the, I, the Facebook works, Google doesn't. I think that kind of happens because of all the advertising we see pay, people that want to want you to pay them to run their Facebook ads, their messages, Facebook's the magic, which isn't, <laughs> we spend a lot of money on Facebook. We can make a lot of money. So do our clients. I'm not knocking, I'm not saying Facebook's good or bad, but we, we get confused or the guy that's selling direct mail says that, or I don't know if there's still phone book salespeople out there, but that guy, he's 80 and he's telling you the phone books, the magic. The reality is it's not about online, offline, old school, new school. It is where do your people congregate? And by the way, test, test, test this crap. Like for, I'll just mm. share my big dumb mistake for years. We weren't on Instagram because I'm not in, on Instagram. I'm not my perfect client. I don't even own a cleaning company for God's sake. So, and then we went on Instagram. It was probably Jared. Damn him being correct. Um, <laughs> I forget how we got on and holy crap are my people on Instagram. So for you guys, don't say my people aren't on Facebook. Let me, there's a billion people a day on Facebook. Your piece is a large, some subset, if probably a large subset is on Facebook or like TikTok. I think it's ridiculous. We're not on TikTok, but I, I know if I was on TikTok, we'd get more things. So A, it's not about the media. It's about where your people congregate and having a message that speaks to them. B, I love what you said, Callum, about it's as much about who you don't want as how you do want. Like when I talked about ladies that are 30 or over, well, if you own a cleaning company for residential, no offense, we're looking for people that generally can afford, you know, three to $500 a month in cleaning. 
And not that there are no 24 year old young women that have that, but they probably don't have kids or a husband or dogs or the high paying job, frankly, but the Mm -hmm. 37 year old woman that is a lawyer, you know, with two kids and her time is real valuable. That's different. So the excluding, you know, I certainly don't want 18 and under, right. There's almost no chance they've got a home and maybe Mm -hmm. I don't want 65 and up because they're in smaller, more communal places. So the, who you don't want is important. Like I used to think, the general terms, like, wow, just cars, like if I or cleaner, say I was going to, you know, everyone's like, I want to own some sort of search term or like, clean, I want cleaner because that's general. Like we'll get the most traffic. It's like, yeah, you will get the most traffic. And, and, but if you go, if you go to buy the, 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 the phrase cleaner, just that one word, I'm guessing you get clicks for 10 cents. Like it's almost free because if this is a guy searching for a cleaning solvent, like I'm looking for a cleaner. Am I searching for a job opportunity? I want to be a cleaner. Am I searching for a cleaner for my residential, my commercial? It could mean anything. But if I say, if I search for best cleaning company in Phoenix, best residential cleaning company in Phoenix, Arizona for high-end homes, well, that click's going to be more expensive because yeah, maybe there's only seven of those <laughs> clicks in a month in Phoenix, but the the buying signals for that is huge. And there might be 10,000 searches for the word cleaner in Phoenix or in the world, but 9,942 of them are completely useless to me. So I, I yeah, like that starting with what you don't want and then, then going to what you want. Go ahead, Cal. Yeah, no, and that's super interesting. The way that you described it, for anyone listening that already is kind of on this, running Google Ads, et cetera, you can run something really simple called a search term report. You literally, you can, you can Google how to do that. It takes two minutes. And all that does is it will show you what words people have searched or what phrases people have searched that have directly triggered your ads to be shown. So it's super simple. You can go on there and you can have a look at, oh, people are searching that and my ad's showing up. I didn't know that. Like, I better put in a negative keyword to make sure that doesn't happen again. Or you realize, okay, maybe there's a demand for this. Like, why is everyone searching this? But until you check, you're not going to know. And the important thing with all of this stuff is you make data-driven decisions. You don't just guess and presume something's working. So yeah, if, if you haven't done it, I would check straight away because we don't offer carpet cleaning, cleaning services and 50% of your ads are being shown to people that are searching for carpet it's money that you may as well just flush down the toilet because they're going to click on your website and going to go, oh, they don't offer carpets. All right, never mind. And then you're straight to the back of the queue. They're onto the next guy. And they don't care because Google's free for the user, right? It's the advertisers that are paying for it. So yeah, run a search term report, find out what keywords, what phrases people are using to find you. And uh, if it doesn't really match up, have a think about how you might be able to counteract it for sure. That's a, a really important thing to do. Perfect. So I think we've done a good job helping them understand a the importance. And by the way, all this presupposes a niche. So we should almost have titled this podcast "Why Niche? Are there really riches and niches?" Right? Because mm-hmm. I think we say niche and people fight. Right? Like, well, you know, I forget the name of the the gym, but there's a I think it's called Curve. It's a franchise. It only has ladies, only women. Um, and it's like, well, gosh, that's half the audience that you're saying no to. But it's like. Yeah, but the audience you're saying yes to is so specific, right? Like the experience Callum and I might be looking for in a gym of big smelly dudes, you know, grunting and throwing around a bunch of weight. Um, that doesn't offend or scare or upset. It's fine, right? But if I'm a 27-year-old single woman who weighs 112 pounds and just wants to have my butt look good in the yoga pants that, I, you know, that no one will sell me, um, that's not, probably not an environment, right? So being able to really target that makes a difference. So that's that's the first piece is un, you've got to have a niche. If you don't have it, if your client is everybody special and and I anything, I'll clean your cat, your dog, your dry cleaning, your house, your you know your face, whatever you want cleaned, I'll clean. Best of luck. So the underlying statement is you got to understand who your niche is. The second is you've got to 
I shouldn't say you've got to, unless you've got unlimited budget, you're going to be, you're going to want to make sure that your message is getting clearly to them. Um, and finally, I think the big thing we covered is don't worry about the vanity metrics. Like in Facebook loves showing you vanity metric. Your reach was 7 million yeah. people off this 83 bucks. And so they want to kind of pick a number that looks big. And then we'll, cause I know, cause we coach people and we'll go, great. What's going on. They'll tell me all these big numbers that and like, what does that mean? I don't know. How many clicks did you, I don't know. How many bids? I don't know. So we got to get off the vanity measure. I've got a million, you get no offense. You can go to right now for, I'm guessing under 500 bucks, Calum, you could have a million followers on Twitter. They're all bots. And easily. Don't. Yeah, easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to do a vanity metric, and again, Twitter, Google, when they find that out, they'll cut you off and your account will be worthless. But um, if you want that vanity metric, fine, make up a Twitter account, find some dude in Pakistan you can give 87 bucks to, and there you go. Now you got 100,000 followers. Um so all that said, with kind of summary, wrap it up for us, Calum. What is your kind of takeaway big thing you want uh, the audience to leave with and kind of go forward with? It would be that the basically that targeting is the key. The more specific you can be, the better. Think about who you want to target, who is going to be the recipient of your service, who's going to enjoy the service and need the service that you provide. And don't spend any money until you've clearly identified who you want that persona to be and then test if there is a demand from that persona. And if you know there is, because you have existing, you know, 10 clients that kind of are that person, but you're not getting any results online, maybe that's where it's a technical issue or something that you need to solve with your messaging or something. But ultimately before you do anything, it's write down, who is this service for? Tick, tick, tick. Who is this service not for? Cross, cross, cross. And then make sure that in whatever marketing you set up, whether it be physical, digital, Google, Facebook, anything is, okay, that's going to go to the person I want it to go to. That's full stop. That has to be the first thing that you can do. Then you can work out how that person interacts with the ad. Do they see it the way you want it to see it? All of that stuff, that's later down the line. But first of all, it's like the first example you gave was a postcard. You write an individual's address and you send it to one person. You know they're going to receive it. And you always do that before you write the message on the card and think about what you're going to tell the person. You know, It's work out, is the right person going to see what I want them to see? then you can figure all the rest out easily. And to be honest, the other stuff, that's, that's the easy stuff afterwards. Once you've worked out who the person is, where they hang out and how you're going to reach them, that's the key. Cool. I would agree with 100% of that. Um, for those of you, and I will give a, a bit of a warning, especially with Facebook and, and Google um, or just any of the paid online traffic, certainly opportunity. We spend tens of thousands of dollars a month. We help our clients do the same uh, very profitably. But they, I wouldn't say they're out to take your money, but they're certainly not, out to make sure that not a nickel of yours is wasted. So if you're mildly interested in this, there's some stuff you can do on your own. Like Callum said, where you can just kind of do some negative searches, a couple hundred bucks a month, you're good to go. If you're really committed, like, all right, I actually want to know this. I want to dive deep. I want to figure this out. I want someone that is full-time. This is all I do every day, all day to help me walk through. Um, go to growmycleaningcompany.com. Uh, I would start with the free masterclass. It's completely free. At the end, you'll have an opportunity to talk with one of the coaches. And again, for those very small percentage of you listening, they're really committed to go, yes, I want to figure this out. I need to know to ha actually how to grow my company in a way that's scalable, repeatable, dependable. So I can say at the end of the month, I spend... $861. I got 42 leads of those 42 leads, 31 of them turn into bids of those 30. And this is probably residential commercial. These numbers are high of those 31 bids. I got 22 clients for an average of 300 bucks. I added $6,600 or $75,000 a year. And we kind of can do that math. Um, so if you're 
mildly interested, keep enjoying the podcast, pick one you like, listen until you, until you get bored. If you're really committed to growing and actually doing something different, go to growmycleaningcompany.com, check out the free masterclass um, and kind of move forward to get the help that you need to actually build this. Good luck, Clean Nation. Appreciate hanging out. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me, but like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing, share it with a friend, share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431, 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is man. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now, 602-932-6431. Give me a text, say hey, can't wait to meet you.